Hello, good morning. It is June 18, 2018. We're here on the Futures Now podcast powered by Aurora IT and Anchor Radio streaming live in the beautiful city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, for our new listeners, the Futures Now podcast, again, is powered by Anchor Radio and Aurora IT podcast where we talk about innovation, business, technology, future trends in business, and just how the entrepreneur or future entrepreneur can navigate and succeed and maneuver through this new business landscape. Um, you can find us at, at Aurora Infotech on all social media platforms, and we're streaming this podcast on all places that stream podcasts. We actually have a special guest feature with us today. Um, I'm going to turn the floor over to them and let them introduce themselves, and then we're just going to jump right into the topics today. Um, we're excited. Who do we have with uh, us? Uh, hi, my name is Corbin Kruzek. Um, unfortunately, I'm not out of Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm out of uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, but I recently just joined the Aurora IT team as the Vice President of Sales and Marketing. Um, a little bit about my background. So I have a Master's of Engineering and Management um, from Case Western University. And my undergrad was in Mechanical Engineering uh, from Ohio Northern University um, in Ada, Ohio. Shout out to the Polar Bears. Um, but yeah, so basically I just, just joined the team um, and I'm looking to hit the ground running, um, employ some strategies that I learned in my master's program, um, employ some engineering that I learned in my undergrad program um, to kind of help build this business, help build cybersecurity and help small businesses and large businesses succeed. That's awesome, Corbin. We're so excited to have you with us today. We're so excited to have you at the team over at Aurora IT. For those of you that don't know what we do at Aurora IT, we're a um, cybersecurity uh, and a uh, technology company, veteran-owned and operated. Um, we do a little bit of everything, everything from social media, uh, content creation and promotion to website development to big-scale projects like data center, data storage, software-defined infrastructure, software-defined network. And then really any type of project that's going to help business succeed, we'll take it on, whether it's mobile application development or, like I said, those big data storage um, servers in the cloud. We just do it a little bit different. We take our military background, our cybersecurity background, and, and we bring on projects with that understanding that everything needs to be secure in order to future-proof your organization. Corbin, <clears throat> we're more, excited, more than excited to have you with us at the team. Your expertise and background was a perfect match to help us get our sales and marketing aligned, and, and I think those things are great. What I really wanted to talk about today was some of the other things that you're doing, some of those things that you have been doing <clears throat> for years that I don't think people really appreciate, <laughs> but those are the things with, that set you apart from your competition, right? Like, like you said, you dropped your university and uh, the things you're a part of. I don't know if you mentioned or not, but you were one of the uh, leaders of your fraternity. And uh, <clears throat> with all those cool things that you were doing, um, I want people to know that. I want you to kind of dive in and, and talk about those things, talk about how you, you aligned yourself with my company or our company now and, and what you did to, to build some of your own personal brands. And I think that's what is going to really resonate with our audience because all the time they're going to ask, how did you get this job? How are you the VP? You're 23 years old. Like, what, what's going on? And I think it's important to tell people, like, hey, this is a new age. This is a new market. This is new uh, social media platforms that can help get your voice off. And if you want to succeed in the business landscape, then, you know, maybe you should adapt and start bringing on some of these tools because it's going to help align yourself with the, the CFOs, the CEOs, the presidents of companies, right? That's how you would yeah. connect it with social media. Yeah. Please, please. All right. So um, where to begin? Um, basically, <laughs> I guess looking back um, all the way since I was young, um, some of the best advice that I've gotten was from my mom. And that's just talk to everyone, be nice to everyone and uh, network. And I think that, you know, doing that for my entire life and, um having my mom being an example for me of like how to network, who to network with, how to be pleasant, even to people in like the supermarket just stuck with me um, all throughout my career, um, all throughout school, all throughout my career. And uh, I kind of moved around a lot when I was younger. Um, I went to like three different schools, stuff like that. Um, so that kind of made me more of an independent person at the same time. Um, and I think those two things merging together is ultimately what kind of gave me the entrepreneurial mindset. Um, you know, the networking, connecting with people, um, getting in touch with people, but then also being more independent and being able to go out on my own and try to do things um, that other people might not necessarily do. So a few things that I've done um, kind of throughout my 
process growing up is <laughs> I used to um, do garage sales all the time with my mom um, to make a little bit of side cash. Um, you know, always trading trading cards, video games, all that, all those types of things um, that young kids do to to, get, to better themselves and their hobbies and uh, make a little bit of side cash. Um, and then kind of from there, I started working during the summer when I was pretty young. I think like 14, I started working on a tree farm. Um, so that was that was pretty difficult. That was a lot of hard work. But I ended up saving up enough money to buy a new computer and um, get some new games, stuff like that. So I would say that um, around 14 and beyond is when I started to really enjoy video games. Obviously, I play video games um, for my whole entire life. But um, in that in that time frame, um, I started to get involved with like more interactive video games. And basically what I learned is you can do a lot of things in video games that are actually kind of like a simulation of the real world, if that makes sense. Like the games like RuneScape, World of Warcraft, all that, you play with real players um, in the world and you do real things to make money, um, get loot, get gear, level up, beat other people. So really, since I was about 12, 14 or something, I was kind of running my own business in these games you know and <laughs> like no, and interacting with people in these games and um doing all these things that in these games the and running like guilds in these games right so it's <laughs> it's interesting but ever since i was young um i've kind of been on this entrepreneurial kick <laughs> we love it we love it i love it um we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna jump back into this topic uh uh I'm really excited about this. This video game this is going to touch a whole new new segment I think is going to open our, our audience's eyes. So bear with us uh, while we cut to commercial. Thanks, everyone. Hello, we're back on the Futures Now podcast powered by Anchor Radio and Aurora IT. We're here with Corbin, the new VP of Sales and Marketing at Aurora IT. And we were just touching on some really important topics like how he got started in entrepreneurship started touching on some really cool concepts and ideas of how he would use the the video game platforms, the guilds, the RPG games to kind of introduce these ideas of, of what it was to work hard and to build a community and to, and to network and to get an idea off. And I really wanted to touch on that subject um, because I think, Corbin, you said you were doing that when you were in the uh, teenage years. Well, well, now I believe you're, you're around 23 years old and uh, this is huge market space this huge media platform that i don't know if people are, are aware of <laughs> yeah. yeah let's i'm not even gonna let's talk about that let's talk about twitch let's talk about how people like yourself are using and manipulating that platform to get your own brand off and how that's you know kind of helping you align yourself in the you know junior executive executive positions moving forward because you are young but you when you started working you took on some higher level positions and you kind of grew from there i get that question a lot uh you know, how, how are you 28 years old and you're the CFO of a company? And I got to go back to, well, this started 10 years ago, right? Don't yeah. Com- so let's not compare everybody's journey to one another. Um, but but let, let's touch base on that and let's touch about, let's talk about Twitch. Yeah, yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's so funny because I used to get yelled at all the time for playing video games. But it turns out it is now becoming very beneficial um, for my career. But yeah, so basically um, Twitch is just exploded right so it's a platform where you can go on um and you can watch people live stream various video games things like that um and basically what has happened is um gamers have found a way to unite share content um um, kind of connect on a different level uh share ideas things like that and really create a community um on twitch centered around gaming and kind of bettering yourself and um things like that so it's really interesting um, because, like, going backwards a bunch, um, you know, when we were playing these games individually, right, um, when I was 14 or so, I would have my guild that's, like, 40 people, and um, we would all be together, and we'd be trying to work together and play this game, but we'd always run into difficulties because we wouldn't have enough of a community or enough people to, um, you know, work with in the game. But now with Twitch um, and the internet and just the explosion of technology, um, you know, you can find people anywhere all over the world to connect with and play these games with. And it's actually just amazing. And Amazon just picked them up for almost a billion dollars. So I'm expecting really, really big things from t- from Twitch and the platform within the next five years, definitely. 
Um, it's going to be huge. I, I couldn't agree more. Twitch, when we were – so when we were putting together our budget and figuring out where we want to market, what platforms, what social media platforms we want to invest in to do traditional um, – I guess, marketing and, and things like that. We started really to look into some, some of these emerging uh, social media platforms. Anchor Radio was one. We were able to form a good strategic partnership, and they're powering our podcast for the year, and that's great. It's a good way to disseminate the information, and literally, we're using our smartphones to do it. So thinking about this as a technology company, what we want to align ourselves with, that's going to be cost-effective, and that's not just going to work for today, but that's going to work four, five, six years from now. We saw Twitch as a as a brand new developing platform that gave people the opportunity to get their voice, their authenticity off, their ideas off in such a way that it doesn't feel like that. It feels like, like you said, people, businesses, uh, up and coming video game people are, are just going on the platform to play games, to have fun, to connect to people, to, to express their ideas, their music, their fashion, their choices. And, and when you see these streams, you see 100,000 people at 2 o'clock in the morning watching uh, some, some hip-hop artist and a video game person play video games. Yeah, Ninja and Drake. Ninja, <laughs> and they're breaking records. They're breaking streaming numbers. They're literally coming and using these platforms to get new music and new concepts and new ideas off. So seeing that, it says, okay, as a technology company that sells games, that sells, you know, we're in this space. We work with the microchip processing companies, work with the video game companies. Let's align ourselves with a platform that's going to reach a true authentic audience and grow that. It makes no sense to invest in traditional marketing strategies when you could do something as cost-effective as sponsor a, a video gamer, right? Provide them with the tools and, and technology that they need your company, um, and that's free promotion. Every time they're, they're playing, every time those people are coming in and watching their streams, you're able to get your website off. You're able to get your ideas, your podcast, your blog off the same way that this person is getting their concepts and ideas off. And I know that that has been, you know, an avenue that you've taken that's been really successful. And you've been able to incorporate that to our strategy to bring those new ideas, those new emerging markets together and say, OK, these are how we're going to manipulate and use these platforms to reach our audience. So I love Twitch. I love the streaming platforms. And, and I put this into people's minds. If you invest in a, in a traditional radio ad, right, you know who you're going to reach. You're going to reach those people uh, that listen to that radio station in that in that yep. uh, in that area. If you upload a commercial to Spotify, you have gone global. Yep. That's how that for the for relatively the same the price, you have gone global. And what you've done is you're using the, the Spotify back end to say, okay, these are the people that are really gonna resonate with your message. So after they're, you know, listening to their playlist at the gym, they hear your message. And then they, they go on the internet, they go on Instagram, they see your content, they go on Twitch. They see that you're sponsoring these platforms. By the time you have those seven touches and they get to the close, they get to the sale, they've seen you in all these avenues that they're on on their day, you know, every day. These are what they do for their lives while they're at work. They see you on YouTube. These are that platforms that you want to get your, your ideas and your concepts off. And it's no longer sales. You're, you're, you're telling your story and you're saying, this is how I'm going to bring value to your business. And I feel yeah. like that, that's why young companies are succeeding and we're able to compete with the Fortune 500 because we're using innovation and new technology to get our ideas off and then not just necessarily market towards a certain audience, but find and grow our own audience, people that resonate with what we do and how we're going to help them. And I think that's what I think everybody has a chance to win now with these social media platforms because you could build something that not everybody is going to like, but you're going to find the people that do like what you're doing. Yeah, and I, I really like that you touched on finding the people that identify with what you're doing and finding your target market. Like like you said, if you just post stuff on the radio, maybe maybe this town you live in doesn't need your product or doesn't need your service or something like that. But if you go onto the internet, you say, okay, where globally could this be utilized? And then you target, you know, people in that area, things like that on social media, which is, you know, shared public information. Um, you can definitely have a much better marketing strategy for the same amount of money, less money. Um, yeah, things like that. And I think it's all about identifying your target market and making sure that you spend those dollars effectively. Um, because like you said, if you're at the gym and you're listening to your uh, hardcore playlist trying to get pumped up, or you're listening to your rap playlist, you don't want to 
get an ad for, you know, cooking utensils or something like that. Um, but if the ad that came on was, you know, workout, um, you know, workout, pre-workout stuff, um, workout gear, stuff like that, you might be a lot more, um, you know, you might actually click on the ad. <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah, you might click on the ad. You might be interested in what they're trying to sell. Not, not just that, but I take it a step further because Spotify is on your phone. You're on Spotify. You're listening through your playlist. The commercial plays. You see the 30 to 15, 15 to 30 second video clip with the message. If you like what you see or if you're interested, what are you going to do? You're going to look them up on Facebook. You're going to look them up on YouTube. You're going to look them up on Instagram, right? And then so if a company is building out these platforms and they're sharing content that's organic and unique to their brand daily, multiple times a day, during the course of the year, you're going to have hundreds of pieces of content that are going to help catch your SEO, your, your marketing, your online marketing. But more importantly, the people that are on the platform, social media, you know, scrolling through Instagram are going to see your page. They're going to like the content they're going to see. It has an easy link to your website, which then redirects them to their phone browser. 98% of all website traffic is mobile. 48% of all online sales are mobile. Yep. That, that, and that's I think it's going to be growing, honestly. I really do. That's today. Yeah, yeah. I think that these platforms Like five years from now, who, who knows what the numbers could be, right? So. It's going to be 100%. Yeah. Like we, when we did the case study um, a few weeks ago, um, we, 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 we learned that the average consumer wants to be able to purchase a product in the time it takes for them to go through the line at Starbucks. Yes. Me- meaning that. Let's say, let's go back to wow. the, the I actually, I didn't know pitch. that step. I'm just going to back up. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. Let's say, let's say it again. Yeah. Let's say it, let's, let's say it again. Online. Yeah. Wow. Okay. The new, cons- the new consumer, they expect to be able to not just find, but purchase your product in the time it takes, whatever it is. And the time it takes for them to get their coffee and leave Starbucks. So that's around about six yeah. minutes. So, <clears throat> so that means when they're on Instagram and that's they like type in goldfish sports, memory, <laughs> but <laughs> that, that's, it's, it's quick. It's so quick because you want to get your coffee. You want to know that you, your product you bought from Amazon is going to be in your house this weekend. And you, you yeah. know, that's what it is that it, it's no longer brick and mortar. It's no longer waiting two, three weeks to get, no, it's like, if you want something, we live in the world that people feel like I have the power right at my fingertips. I should be able to get it today. Yep. And with that type of consumer mentality, you need to align yourself up with these platforms. Don't be, oh, I don't understand social media. Okay, cool. You don't understand social media. Reach out to companies that do understand social media. They'll give you strategies, cost-effective strategies to get your ideas off there and to resonate with your audience. And I want to paint the example of the young woman that's on Instagram looking for makeup. She types in makeup. It's going to bring her not to necessarily the top major brands. It's going to bring her towards content that Instagram feels is geared towards you know, what she, she resonates with, that young lady. And then when she goes on Instagram, you it literally has to be as simple as click on the website, it drives you to the product, and then you're able to buy online. Not just via credit card or merchant services, but they want the PayPal. They want the Vimeo app. They want the, the cash app. They want the uh, Bitcoins. You have to be <laughs> yeah. able to adapt and tie in these new these new, these new ways to purchase products into your traditional website. And then, yes, you can take merchant services and credit card payments and billing and invoicing. But you also want to be able to capture that person that wants your product right now and wants it shipped to them right now. How do you reach them? Well, if you notice that your traditional marketing strategies and, and websites don't align with these new platforms, then it's time to reassess and pivot. And, and that's what we want to really push to yeah. people. And all of this is cybersecurity. To me, as a cybersecurity architect, a, a military uh, a veteran Definitely. that has been in the, in the space, I see that in order for businesses to succeed moving forward, they need to adapt and change. And all of this is going to be included in, in what we call cybersecurity. These new ideas, these new ways to market, these new ways to adapt technology to drive your sales while simultaneously securing your back end, securing your business, securing your, your, your merchant services, and more importantly, securing your customer's data. These, these things that we've seen in the news over the last two years, three years from now, they're going to be inexcusable. So I think now is a perfect time to help get our ideas off and align ourselves with the right businesses to help them succeed. And, and I, I believe we're living in a, in a very pivotal time in business and, and in the U.S. economy. Um, you shared an article with me over the weekend. Um, I believe the statistic was 31% of men, U.S. men, do not work. 
right? They don't work. They're not seeking employment and they don't have traditional, uh, you know, avenues of employment, right? Yeah. But yet our unemployment rate is around 3 point, what, 3.1, 3.5%. Yeah, it's lowest in a few years, I believe. Right. So, so why is that? People are like, they don't understand. Well, I'm trying to say like, okay, you got to look at the whole landscape. These entrepreneurs, these people like you spoke to that are doing side jobs that may not necessarily look to traditional forms of employment anymore because they're discouraged. They figured out that, okay, I can get an Adobe certification. I could be a freelance graphic designer and I can make six, $700 a week by myself on my own time. And then I can Uber. And then I can build a, 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 a e-commerce platform on Shopify and promote through Instagram. Yeah. You know, then I can invest in Bitcoin. Then I can start a Twitch stream and be my own media brand, uh, develop a, a platform that I can get my own news articles and things like that off of. And then next thing you know, you build a portfolio. You're doing well. You're a millennial. You're 23, 24, you know, 30 years old. But you don't rely on necessary, you know, traditional. Yeah. And you don't you don't of, show of up in the statistics. and You don't show up in the numbers. But you're you're doing just fine. <laughs> honestly yeah (laughs) just by yourself in the globe in the global economy yeah and and that and and that's what i think people don't under are not understanding like how is this possible well it's possible for the 13 year old kid to wake up if i know that you know this good friend of mine yeah i remember the story i I want i yeah i want to get this story i love this story i think i've said this before in the podcast but do not get upset when this kid 13 is waking up at four o'clock in the morning driving to the his parents driving him to the adidas store buys all the brand new Kanye West Yeezus Adidas, comes home. Every one of them. Him, every, every pair. Every pair. <laughs> it's, comes home, uploads them to his personal site 10, 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, 100 times what he paid for them. These shoes are going online because this is the market. This is the culture. This is the idea. And he understands that. Yeah. He says, okay, cool. He's 13. Nobody's, you can't be mad at him, right? Cannot. <laughs> cannot because he built his own platform. He, he said, I'm a reseller, but there's such a huge market for these for, for these things. And then they're at limited supply. He's doing the same thing that people did. Yeah, I look back know? to me. At, I look back to me at 13, 14 with my mm-hmm. garage sales. Like if I had the Internet, I poof, geez, like obviously I saw the Internet back then, but it wasn't what it is today. And it's not what it's going to be in five years from now. You know, so it's just it's just crazy. No, it's yeah. a different, it's but like crazy. I would have been like, having like said, garage sales all day online. <laughs> If I reselling yeah. antique goods and you tie it into your Facebook store, you tie it to your Instagram store, and then you have your online. I believe that Instagram is going to be the new website. Your Instagram pages. Yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't allowed to have be... a, a Facebook until a certain age back back when I was young, but now it's like <laughs> start your business on it. So it's just interesting how everything is changing. Um, yeah, to really service the individual no. consumer and the individual person more. I, I yeah I, I strongly agree. I don't know if there's business to business sales or even business to consumer. I think it's all people to people, people to people sales. Like whatever company you're running, whatever organization you're a part of, I think if you want to succeed, you got to get down to that grassroots level and talk yeah. to the people and, and and show them why it's important to resonate with your brand. Um, a really good case study I like is Fashion Nova. Fashion Nova went I guess against the grain when they first started. Um, they, they developed an entirely online e-commerce shopping platform and they said, okay, what are we going to, who, who do they found out who their audience was? They found out who their target market was and they stuck to that. They didn't go outside of that. They said, okay, this is the type of brand we want to represent. And this is the platform that we're going to use to get this brand off. And it was Instagram. I believe they have about 15 to 18 million followers. Uh, they did about $1.2 billion in revenue over the last 18 to 24 months. Um, that's because they've been able to to manipulate and maneuver the social media market, not necessarily build a business that they thought was going to resonate with people. But no, they did that market research. They went out on Instagram and they constantly put out content and said until it hit is what we call it. Until it catches. Yeah. You put you put out a thousand posts, but then one of those out of the thousand is going to resonate with with people. And you say, OK, that's our brand. That's our image. Those are the products we're going to go with. Go that way. And then, you, you know three, four years down the line, you have those millions of followers, those hundreds of thousands of followers. And I tell people all the time, it's not about likes. It's not about how many people, you know, follow you. It's about being able to get that right idea off and the right one person seeing it and saying, okay, I like that. Let's go with that. Yeah. And, and if you sorry, do, sorry, but I want to go back to, before we get too far, I want to go back to the B2B and B2C comment. I agree with you. Um, like, it, okay. So if you want to argue semantics, technically there are B2B sales and B2C sales, like, 
you want to argue the meaning of it, like technically, yes, there's businesses selling to businesses. But I agree with you. At the end of the day, we're all individuals. We're all people. You're ultimately selling to the people in that other organization. And um, that's that's what drives sales is identifying with individuals at the end of the day. And I think people lose sight of that, like you said, with the B2B and the B2C, when really it's just individual sales. Yeah. But I, I really like that point. Yeah. No, I think I, I think it's uh, true. I mean, Amazon and these big online retailers have kind of cut cut it out where you can just build a store and market it, right? You could just build a, a brick and mortar store, rely on the overhead, you know, build a billboard, do some radio ads, do some print ads, and say, okay, cool, we're in business. This is going to work, right? Well, I have a good a, a coffee shop is a great example, right? So a coffee shop, boom, they do it that way. They spend about three hundred thousand dollars roughly to run and operate a franchise. Okay, well, I'll take a really good case study: Black Rifle Coffee. I'm sure some of our consumers have, have heard of them, a veteran-owned and operated coffee brand. Um, when they developed roughly around the same budget, uh, they said, we're going to do online. We're going to do e-commerce. We're going to do drop shipping. We're going to be able to reach everyone in America. We don't necessarily need to have brick and mortar. And they said, okay, how we're going to do this. And then they linked up with Shopify, AdRoll, and Instagram, uh, Facebook, and they started building organic, authentic. And when I say organic and authentic, I don't mean they didn't put money behind it. I meant they said, okay, this is our brand. We're veterans, so it's okay to go with this these veteran ideas of having a beard of going out and, and practicing your weapons training yeah. of hanging out with your significant <laughs> other and, and going to the barbie, you know, of do, ha, enjoying 4th of July. And at the same time, yeah, we are black rifle coffee. So if you, you know, support the military, if you support your veterans, if you support this idea of freedom of America, then you're going to resonate and you're going to want to purchase our coffee, right? They did it that way. Next thing you know, five, six, seven, ten million million in revenue last year is, is what they were able to yeah. do. And, so the same business model, but they said that, you know, they applied it to the online space and they spent their money on non-traditional social media content creation. That's how they got, you know, found their audience, found the people that are going to buy stuff from them. And then people are easily, OK, I like this ad. Let's click on it. Let's click on the website. Oh, it's it, it's fast. It loads within three seconds. It gets me right to the purchase. I can buy it with PayPal. It'll be here next week or it'll be here tomorrow. This is great. That's how they grew their business. Yep. Whereas. Whereas the traditional business owner has done all this time and research to find locations and, 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 you know, do all these things still dependent on the foot traffic still will not scale to the ability that an e-commerce uh, a platform can scale. It's just not possible. Yeah. These guys were able to scale quickly and fast off a small, the same in, in the 300,000, you know, the same investment, but nobody's doing these numbers. Nobody's doing fashion over numbers. Nobody's doing black rifle coffee numbers. Nobody's doing, uh, let's say Adidas, right? They're the, they're the big tissue uh, reseller right now, tennis shoe reseller right now, because these guys are aligning themselves with the right platforms. Uh, they're aligning themselves with social media and, and they understand that the youth and the millennials aren't watching TV, right? Yeah. Like this brings me to the next point. And I know uh, you had some ideas about this as well. And I wanted to touch on this. So we just watched the NBA Finals. They wrapped up. Um, what do you think about YouTube TV being the number one, the number one sponsor and, and, and endorsement deal with ABC and, and, and the NBA? What do you think about this and this year? I, when, as soon as I saw it, I said, wow, you, YouTube is uh, – they've set themselves. Like, it's, it's a- yes. So I'm just like – when you're advertising – on the competition's platform (laughs) uh you know it's just yeah you're you're doing it right (laughs) when you're advertising on your competition's platform you're doing it right that's the only it's really only way i can say it and it's just i think the same situation is going to happen that's happened before where the incumbents get a little lazy and new new ideas come in and just take them out basically um it happened blackberry to apple um blockbuster Netflix took them out, you know, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I really think that it's just another one of those shifts. And I mean, that it's a statement. It's definitely a statement. We're advertising on your <laughs> platform. Um, so, yeah, it's it's big, man. And I think it's I think it's going to be a shift long term. I've I've already seen it. I've already seen it. Um, YouTube is one of the few platforms that you can get 100 million views on. You know what I mean? That's one of the few platforms and you get paid from that. You get paid from the endorsement and you get your ideas off. You know, you've resonated and you've touched a hundred million people. It shows you that data. Um, 
unfortunately, no matter what cable channel, I mean, the Super Bowl is not doing 100 million views. You know what yeah. I mean? But you could put a five minute uh, promo video on YouTube, market it the right way, maybe even like reach out to some other content creators on the platform, share your story, you know, resonate. And then next thing you know, you have the data, you have 50,000 subscribers, you have those, you know, 100,000, 200,000, even 100 views. You know, you know that these people are watching. So, okay, cool, this is working. We'll go in that direction. But more importantly, you're capturing that data and you're figuring out who you need to target market to. You need your marketing dollars to go in the right direction because we we as business owners, we as entrepreneurs, we as executives in the space, we can't afford to fail. We can't afford to make bad decisions because when we fail, the people under us fail. Our employees fail. Our partners and our clients fail. So that's kind of how I look at it. And to to me, it's like, Four years ago when I started, we went the traditional media route, TV commercials, things like that. You know, we didn't see the success initially that we wanted to see. So what did we do as business owners? We didn't give up. No, we pivoted. We maneuvered. We did more research, more market research. And we said, okay, cool. These are the platforms that LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, Facebook, if you use it the right way, Twitter, Anchor Radio, Twitch. These platforms, these emerging platforms are the ones that are going to help get the ideas of cybersecurity off. Yeah. And so it's great. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I wanted, I wanted to touch on scale for a second um, before we got too far away. So if you look at um, like the scale of the NBA finals, the scale of the television networks and the scale of YouTube and the, um, you know, just the global audience that YouTube reaches, that's, that's part of the reason why they can advertise on the platform. I wanted, I wanted to say this um, earlier, but I kind of forgot but yeah, like YouTube has videos with billions of views, you know, and the, the NBA finals is never going to generate that type of views. So that's why I think they can advertise on that platform because it's almost like they're so much larger in the terms of the global economy than, you know, um, just the NBA or the network or the network, really. No, yeah, it gives the I think they did the deal because it gives the ability for the NBA to be seen, like you said, on a global scale to people all over Asia, all over Europe, Africa, Latin America, Americans that travel, military people that travel that no longer see the need to buy traditional cable packages. And they can say, okay, cool, for $40 a month, I can not only watch every NBA game that comes on in any city or, you know, I can watch every game whenever I want, but I also can watch Corbin on his podcast. I also can watch... Uh, one of my favorite podcasts, I probably shouldn't even plug these guys, but I love these guys, the Joe Budden podcast. You can watch that. You can, <laughs> you can subscribe to you, – you, but, don't, you know, you don't have to watch commercials uh, as long. You, you know, you can, you can do things differently. You can watch it at work. You can watch it at yeah. home. Uh, yeah, on your phone. On your phone. On your right? phone. You don't need a computer. You don't need a TV anymore, right? Like, it's great to have the 20-million-inch flat screen that takes up the whole wall. But, I mean, if I can conveniently look at my phone and – be on an airplane that's just as good if i'm on that's the move yeah and if you're on the move and in today's economy you got to work remote you got to be able to move you and i like you said i'm in vegas uh, out here by the pool with a waterfall for my audience they're like oh let's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah i was wondering <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's you know i just wanted to i wanted to i wanted to work outside today it's monday i wanted to just breathe in the air it feels really good it's not hot here in vegas so yeah i got the waterfall on on the pool and i'm talking to corbin he's in he's in ohio he's like that's that's business right that's this is what it is now the ability to work remote to travel and to go find your your consumers and to bring them something of value we've done it this way because we cut down our our costs and then we 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 pass those cost savings on to our consumers to our customers i mean you know it and and i think uh, through social media, you and I were able to connect. I believe yeah. this was a five or six month long interview process. And, and I wanted to touch on that. And I wanted to touch really on your Twitch platforms and some of the, the cryptocurrency things that you were doing, the S-curve thing, uh, uh, funds you were doing, and, and some of your ideas. Uh, I mean, because people ask me, like, hey, man, um, I, see, I see you got the new VP, but he has a degree in engineering. How does that apply to sales and marketing? And I know, because we and I have spoken for, for, for this amount of time, why it's important to have somebody that understands engineering and that can do social engineering and, and knows how to take in this data, like how to read comments off of a post and then say, okay, because I've read these 600 comments off of this post, I've been able to form this idea and think that this is what we need to market towards these people. From So let's touch on that. I really wanted to talk about that and how I believe that your education tied into our non-traditional forms of education have kind of aligned and matched up and been able to bring us something a, a better for what I feel like is a better uh, product. 
Yeah. Okay. So the thing, the thing that I love about um, engineering and the reason why I think it helps so much in, I mean, not only this job, but just life in general is like, if you really think about it, you learn the building blocks of um, physics, the building blocks of engineering, the building blocks of how things interact and how the world works. And on a grand scale, everything is technically just a summation of those building blocks. So I've done the calculations to calculate friction on a roadway. I've done the calculations to calculate, um, you know, vehicle stopping, the strength of steel, all those things. So doing those calculations allows me to form a version of the world in my mind and in my imagination that is pretty real, um, if if that makes sense. And basically, now that I have all that knowledge, all that information, um, all that understanding of how things work and interact in the real world, I can now say, okay, um, I understand the building blocks. Um, so now if I apply them to these different situations, such as day trading, um, in cryptocurrencies, um, doing things on like social engineering, like you said, those types of things. Now that I understand the building blocks that make up the world, the equations that pretty much run things, um, the theories that the theories and quote unquote laws that um, have been tried and true for a while. Now that I know those things, I can kind of use those in everyday life, um, even if I'm not in necessarily an engineering role. So I think having that education um, just provides me with an understanding that I, I can't even kind of begin to describe because it's almost like an analytical understanding of everything around you um mm-hmm. i don't know it's weird <laughs> no I, I i mean i'm for the people that don't know i was a cryptologist i am a cryptologist and uh i i saw that in you the ability to look at patterns at numbers at events on a global scale not just what's going on in your local town or community which is important but you got to tie that into what's going on globally and for me you know the military was my avenue to see to open my eyes to the global economy to open my eyes to what it is to to travel and to be overseas, to, to participate in the, the things that we need to participate to protect America, right? At a young age, I was able to travel all over. So that opened my eyes more so than anything else. So I think we had the same, like you and I came to the same conclusions, but two completely different ways of going about it. And it all goes back to math and numbers. On me, it was cryptology. And from you, it was engineering. Yeah, and, and, and a and, lot of physics. And like, so, so that's the other thing is like, I've done physics all the way from, you know, looking at atoms and, you know, quantum physics, things like that, to everyday physics in the real world, to then, um, you know, space, black holes, um, you know, <laughs> theoretical physics type stuff. I've taken all those classes, right? So I have a ton of different scales that I've looked at (laughs) and it's definitely helped me with understanding, you know, the scale of the world and the United States and its role in the global economy, even if I haven't traveled like you have in the military. Definitely. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like we had two different avenues to get to similar ideas, right? You through your, your pursuit of, first of all, I wanted to congratulate you that I haven't said that enough about you. Um, for those of you who don't know, Corbin's 23 years old. He has a master's degree. He was able to uh, get oh, his please, master's degree. Oh, please, oh, please. You're no, making no, me no. blush. You can't see, no. but I'm blushing. <laughs> Corbin, I think it, so, so as a millennial, as a veteran, so often do I hear these false narratives about what it is to be us. But I was reading Forbes over the weekend, and they said that we now, millennials now own the majority of the world's wealth. Hey. Right? The, and, and, and people don't are like, hey, how, how's that? Po-? OK, this is why the, this is possible. Right. It's because Corbin's 23. He worked really hard, paid his way through school. Like you said, he's been working since he was 14, was able to get a master's degree in four years. Right. Yeah, that's not easy. I'm not trying to knock anybody that took longer. I'm just saying, like his mentality as a young millennial coming from what I like to call the struggle forced you to, to be able to do the things that you're doing and then. You, you went into the economy and you went into jobs, right? For me, I'm a millennial. I'm a little bit older than you. I'm, uh, I'm 28, uh, about to turn 29 here. And uh, my, my road started a little bit different. I, I joined the military. Uh, I went to non-traditional uh, forms of education, i.e. military training, certificate programs, um, you know, thing, things like that. Uh, working in the technology space is how I kind of got my brand name and my ideas and, uh, you know, who I am off today and the ability to start a company. So 
we we did two different things right to get to the, the similar point but we were millennials so we did it on our own and we didn't say okay man, I really, really, really want a job with Amazon. Well, so does everybody else in the yeah. world. <laughs> okay? So, <laughs> so we were like, what are we going to do? So we developed and we built our own things. We developed our own brand. We built our own ideas. We built our own businesses. to gener- we, we invested in our own ideas, right? We didn't invest in, in ExxonMobil. No, we invested in Bitcoin or, or PayPal or some of these other new, you know, new uh, Dropbox for me was a big one. Switch Supernat was a big one for me that, that did really well. And uh, we, 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 we saw this, we did it, and we went in that direction. Um, I adapted to social media three years ago, right? I adapted to LinkedIn about a year ago. I got 8,000 followers just on that platform. I built businesses. The last business I took on, we were able to grow their following from zero to 55,000 people, right? That's not a lot, but it's a lot for that business. That's a lot to get their ideas off of. So when I that millennials now own the majority of the wealth, I see why. It's because we invented Airbnb. It's because we invented Netflix. It's because we invented PayPal and Facebook and Twitter and WhatsApp uh, and Twitch. And, and, you know, I see it. We invented Aurora IT. We invented these things. These things that we saw were not flaws, but we didn't see, okay, without Blockbuster, there would be no Netflix. Without, tradi- without the big-time technology companies, there would be no Aurora IT. Does that make yeah. sense? So us... We, I believe we saw that and we took the risk and we went in our own direction and said, okay, guys, you know, you might not understand what it is to be a millennial in today's economy. You might not understand what it is to be uh, in this seat and this position. So it's our job to show you what it is. And then when I hire people, we bring on projects, we do well, we get, we close government contracts. I'm showing the world that, yes, you can be young, you can be of color, you could be, you know, uneducated, educated, whatever word you want to describe, whatever box they want to put you in, you could be that. And you can still succeed because we live in a place where you, you no longer fit in a box. Everybody's unique and everybody's different and everybody can get their voice off in different, different ways. For us, you know, we do the magazine, the podcast and all, and all these other uh, outlets to get our voice off as a small business. And that's played the difference between us winning and losing. And yeah. I, I really well, I, I like that. I like the millennial concepts and ideas. I like the ability that you at 23 know. Hey, Warren, this is our marketing budget. Let's not go in this direction. Let's try to manipulate this brand new platform that got bought by Amazon for a billion dollars because I see the value and, and the potential in this moving forward. Yeah. Right. So we jump on that now, five years from now, you know, that you, we're one of the premier channels on that platform that people want to watch. And those are the ideas and concepts that I really like that, that resonate with me as a business owner. And I, you know, that I would want to invest in. Yeah. And I guess, so, so back, backing up a little bit, another thing that I do want to touch on um, that I think, you know, social media kind of masks is the other side of entrepreneurship. So like everyone looks super perfect on paper and all that stuff. Right. But like, I, I, I want to reiterate, it was not easy getting to this point. Um, I mean, I've messed up. I've made mistakes. You know, I've wronged people here, here and there, right? Like nobody's perfect. Everybody has done those things. Um, like everybody's made mistakes. I'm going to continue to make mistakes going forward, but I'm always going to strive to get better. I think that's the key, right? That's the key mentality to have is always striving to get better. Um, always looking back and being like, Oh man, I, I really didn't mess up in that situation. How can I, how can I not mess up that way again? Um, and yeah, just keep dusting yourself off and getting back up. That's really the key to entrepreneurship and succeeding as life is in life is just dusting yourself off um yeah but uh yeah there's you know fail what fail fail eight times get up nine right yeah that's what it is i think that's the business landscape going from failure to failure to failure until you hit a success that you can market and share and write news articles and blog posts about and then you're like oh man these guys are great you know they blew up overnight well no this was <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, the, and the making before we got something right yeah this is so like, I, I like tons idea. of nights until 4 a.m going to work the next day and like you know um but then also you know having fun on the weekend sometimes right like i i'm definitely a big proponent of sometimes i burn the candle at both ends but you know you definitely have to experience life and also experience school and get educated. Like if you only do school, if you only sit in a classroom and you only study, you're not going to know how the world works. That's just plain and simple. If you go out in the world and you're only in the world and you don't do school, then you're going to be 
<laughs> not as educated. So I think it's important to have a mix of both. I think it's important to be able to handle yourself out in the world because there's people that are savages <laughs> not mm-hmm. in, in the oh, sense yeah. that like they don't care if you're 23 and they're 50, yeah. they're going to wreck you in business if they see an opportunity, right? So like it's yes. important to make sure you kn- you're aware that those people are out there and align yourself with people that can, you know, help you s- you know, sniff that out, help you maneuver that and help you get around that. I think, I think that's big along with having the education is understanding the world. No, I, I completely agree. It's all about self-education and constantly growing content. You got to learn every day. I learn new things every day. Um, honestly, every day you share information with me, other members of our team share information with me, constantly doing research and studying. Cause you, I think that's why we learned about these new platforms is because we're always searching for the information that we need to, to better ourselves is I think you gotta yeah, I'm, all, I'm always on LinkedIn. I'm always on Facebook. I'm probably annoying to everybody, but <laughs> it's, it's I for my, it's for me. So <laughs> I feel the same. I'll send out 60 messages a day, right? It doesn't matter. I'm just trying to reach people. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to intake information and as someone that doesn't have a, you know, traditional degree, um, it, it, to, to me, it's very important to always learn and see what's going on, to learn the new thing, to bring on people like yourself that do have these traditional you know, degrees, because now I can take your knowledge, I can mix it in with my cyber guys, I can mix it in with my marketing people, my social media content creators, mix it in with me as the, the veteran and business owner, and then boom, we have something that resonates to our audience, we build a product line that, that really helps people, it doesn't just, you know, I, there's a really good quote, I'm not sure who says it, but if your business only makes money, you're a bad business, right, if that's all you yeah. do, and I, lo- I love that, because you got to make something that's going to help somebody because when you help that person, you help that business owner, you help get them over their milestone, their gap, they're going to tell somebody they're getting that person. You know, it's going to go. That's how it's going to go. But you got to start from the beginning of selling somebody something that's going to really help solve their problem. That's how you're going to succeed. When we started in cybersecurity, we did not understand how to show people how this is going to help you. Right. Like they didn't understand. Like, Oh, so we had to build it. We had to manipulate it. We had to work it until we got to the point where we showed value to our consumers. We showed yep, value I to like our I like that word. I love that word. Value is like the number one word when you're selling anything, right? Like if mm-hmm. if you aren't providing value, like you have to be honest with yourself also. I, I, I dislike when people are like, oh, I, I provide tons of value. Look how much value I have. Like, like be honest, right? Like and, <laughs> about the value you provide and – if, if you don't provide enough value to your customers, then look how you can augment what you're currently offering to provide more value. But um, like you said, like dollars and cents don't matter if you're not providing values to your customer. <laughs> I'm really, not, yeah, yeah, I'm really glad getting... you said that word. Cause it's, that's like my word. <laughs> I, that's your word. I, 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 I like that word. Cause I think that's what it is in today's market. It's like, yes, you could. Okay. I, I look to the United States on what we're doing I see you got to look at this as a global scale. You got to look at the U.S. as the number one brand. Every business that comes out of here, that's the brand yep. name, right? LeBron James is King James because, boom, that's the that's the brand. Yeah, and China's trying to kind of kind of trying to compete. You know, you got Alibaba, kind of a brand name good, yeah. and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. but no, I agree with you that the U.S. is the brand name of the world, <laughs> more and, or less. And, okay, so more more or less, more or less, we can argue semantics, but overall. American, that's what people move here. Yeah. That's why, you yeah. know, people, even, even businesses, you know, come here because of these reasons. But so, so let's focus on that. American, boom, top brand, U.S., right? U.S. made. That's what everybody wants to hear. That's what everybody wants to say and, and try to figure out how to do that. And so we take this idea and concept and you say, okay, cool. Amer- if America is the number one brand and 48 states have legalized either marijuana medically or, or um, recreationally speaking, right, and you see cities like Las Vegas and California, San Diego, San Francisco, you, you look at their numbers over the last six months. And I look at travel. I look at tourism dollars. I look at hotels. And then I look at food. Right. And I and, and the housing. I look at the housing values as well. And I, and I say, OK, cool. Why is this happening? Right. Why are they doing this? Why have they allowed? So, you know, what, what is going on? And I see the business aspects behind it. I see the influx of tourism. I see the influx of actual cash money being spent. And more importantly, I see the ability for new emerging businesses to spin up, not just in the distribution side, but in the lifestyle brands and the, and, and the businesses. And the, for me, we 
heavily are involved in the cybersecurity portions of businesses, whatever your business is, because we see like if you're moving money that way on, on such a large scale, you need to put in this, you know, certain architectures into place. And that's allowed my company to succeed, which I know means my distribution companies are succeeding. The people that we go build merchandise through, they're succeeding. And it all comes because these states have developed ideas that said, hey, we need to make more money. We need to to implement new emerging markets and strategies and ideas to make more money. And I think that we as Americans have such a, you know, nationalistic, um, maybe like small minded, small, small home time mind mentality that we don't see that you have to look at Europe and see how does Europe perceive us. You have to look at China and see how does China perceive us. Fortunately, I live in what I like to call a future city, a global city here in Vegas. And I see the influx of tourism coming to the city. And it's because this idea that you don't have to travel to Amsterdam to do something foreign. You could still do these foreign ideas in Denver and, and, and uh, Oregon, you know, like in, in Vegas, you could do these things. And it's like, that's why when, when Vegas developed the, the, the single flights from here to Beijing, right? One, one flight nonstop. When we developed the flights from here to Hawaii and we developed the nonstop flights to our bordering cities, it's because we want to boost and grow the economy uh, on a global scale, right? We don't want to just necessarily rely on traditional forms of local economy, i.e. hotels and casinos. We want it to bring in tech companies and we want it to bring in an influx of tourism. And you've seen it this year with the NHL team, our women's basketball team, the emerging markets that we've uh, legalized and we've developed and we've taxed and we've seen those revenues and, and we show what we're able to do on that scene. And when you see these things, for us as a 28, 23 year old, we say, okay, cool, we're gonna keep going in this direction. Let's not fight change, let's not fight progress, but let's adapt, pivot, and embrace it. Because by embracing it, that's how we're gonna bring on new customers, new consumers, and grow and, and be able to scale, right? Yeah. We can't think like people thought 30 years ago. Yeah. We have to think what's gonna happen in the next 30 years. Yeah, and, and I think a, bi a big thing is, like, regardless of, individuals personal views um like issues and topics and stuff like that um i think i think it's important to remember like you said we're competing on a global scale and i mean china russia you know other nations don't necessarily care if we're bickering amongst ourselves internally right um they're going to compete no, they they're going to compete against us so we need to compete against them back which i think is um a big thing that earlier in american history wasn't i mean obviously the internet has changed things so i think i think like it wasn't a concern for people previously but i think it will become a concern like oh man we're actually competing with china and russia on like a global scale economy wise and i mean they're catching us because you know obviously we were we were first for the longest time in all industrial revolutions and everything like that um but the the race of space yeah, yeah. the race of yeah the nuclear arms race the, the to race the, to to modernize and develop and advance your military to monetize and advance some of the things and we're still getting there yeah maybe we're not the number one in every category but i strongly feel because of america's ideas beliefs the fact that people like myself serve our country and then continue our serve our country when we get out um by building businesses by developing by networking by helping bring people on and develop them and, and get them to the next level that is why we're going to see that the idea that just because this was, you know, taboo five years ago, it's not taboo to now. Yeah. So let's jump on it. Let's work it and let's drive it to the future because that's, you know, this is going to bring us revenue. This is going to bring our name. Let's do it. We're not we're, we're, we're able to move a lot quicker than Fortune 500. We're able to move and adapt and change and bring on the clients that, that we need to in order to grow a lot quicker than these traditional business. And that's why we're succeeding. California is great fifth largest economy in the world 90 percent as a state as a state fifth largest economy in the world 90 percent of the businesses there are are classified as small business small business just means your number of employees we technically are a small business has nothing to do with the amount of revenue we drive has to do with how many employees we hire uh, uh internally but the great thing about this new landscape is businesses you know we're able to hire depending on our projects a lot of people and get them to work. It just depends on what we're able to bring in as a business. So yeah, we have a small organic team of really smart people that bring in really good projects so we can spin up all these technicians and get them employed and get them educated and get them participating in the economy. 
And it's like, I feel like that's my, I put that on myself as, you know, that's my job to make sure that these things get done despite whatever false narrative is in the media. And for us, it's like we can build our own media platforms. I mean, we have a War of the Magazine. We have the Futures Down podcast. We have our social media platforms. And now you yourself have your own media outlets. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs that have said, well, I can't rely on Forbes. I can't rely on Fox News. I can't rely on Facebook to promote and push my content. I have to get my own voice off however I can. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we're win- That's why we're winning. Yep. I, I definitely, I definitely agree. And I think as the world becomes more global, it's already global, but as it increases, um, you know, companies that operate on that global level are going to have to upgrade their cybersecurity. They're going to have to, you know, reach out. They're going to have to learn more. Um, if you're going to want to compete with Dubai, the United Arab Emirates, like they are one of the most technically advanced cities. They're embracing blockchain and cryptocurrency like crazy. They're trying to get over half of their, you know, economy on blockchain by, I think it's 2020, 2022 or something like that. So, um, you know, there's companies that are hitting the ground or companies and countries that are hitting the ground running um, with this new technology because they can. And um, I think that America just needs to be aware of this, right, which is the education part, and then also be willing to execute and compete against these other countries. I 100% agree. I mean, I think that's why the people that are here, we've developed this type of brand and this type of company because we saw the value in it, not just today, but long term. We know cybersecurity is going to be a backbone for all business success, all business has to have this solid backbone to function is what we call it. And we know cybersecurity is that market, right? Yeah. We could have we could have started a traditional business and maybe hit the ground running right away and boom, brought in revenue. But that's like, okay, Apple was innovative, right? It took them 15 years to get the iPhone in everybody's hand, to get the iPod in everybody's hand. It took that amount of time to do that. But now they have more cash on hand than any company in the world, right? Yeah. That. So, so knowing that, going into that, seeing that when everybody's going left, you have to go right, is, is I feel like what, why America and these innovative companies are succeeding. Blockchain, like you said, you see that blockchain is the foundation for these billion-dollar enterprises, not just businesses, but countries. Yeah, knowing, entire knowing countries that, putting their entire financial system on blockchain by 2020, 2025. <laughs> it's not a... <laughs> I mean, you, it's... A, I mean, you see, you see the world changing. North Korea, North North and South Korea. Boom. I'm not going to touch on that, but just look at yeah. it. Look look how big that is. 65 years uh, of war has been ended. Uh, you know, soon. It's just in our lifetime, so much has happened that people never thought possible. And seeing that, it's time for people to be like, okay, guys, how many case studies of success do we show you before you believe in yourself? Before you believe that your idea can get translated onto paper, can get translated onto the internet, and you can find your business, you can find your audience, you can find growth, you can start having financial stability and freedom as an entrepreneur, as, a, as that 31% of the male population that does not have a traditional form of employment. Like, those are the concepts and ideas that are going to push this country forward. And I think that these new media outlets that aren't relying on TV dollars to get these ideas off are why we're succeeding. And uh, unfortunately, we could talk about this all day, but we're running out of time and uh, we're, about, we're, we're about to have to cut this, uh, cut this. So I appreciate your time. First of all, Corbin, I appreciate everybody's time that's been involved in, in putting on this podcast. And, and, and importantly, I really appreciate our audience for listening and, and for, for sharing and, co- and commenting and subscribing to the links below and being part of this conversation. Um, this is the Futurist Now podcast powered by Aurora IT and Anchor Radio, streaming everywhere that streams podcasts. And you can find us at Aurora Infotech on all social media platforms. Um, before we cut, I, I want to leave the audience with one last thing, Corbin. If there's one piece of information, piece of advice, piece of investment or, or strategy or just inspiration that you can leave us with, what would that be? All right. Um, so basically, you just have to. It's gonna. It's it's very simple, but you have to provide value to your customers above and beyond your competition. And you need to realize, as a business owner, as a person in the world in America nowadays, you need to realize that you're not just competing on a local level. You're competing on a global level. So um, the competition pool has widened. You need to make sure that you're the most up-to-date as possible. You need to make sure you're providing value 
to your global competition pool, your global customer base, and um, make sure you're competing on a global scale. I think that's the biggest thing that is going to separate the businesses that are going to make it to the future and the businesses that are going to die out is um, the ability to go global and connect with people on a global scale and provide value on a global scale. That's like my last piece of advice, right? Thank you so much, Corbin. I appreciate it. This is the Future of Sound podcast powered by Aurora IT and Anchor Radio. Um, We wish you all a farewell and see you again next time. Thank you.